Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Are you in search of natural relief from your daily stresses? Well, Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-rich, hemp oil-infused coffee that is non-psychoactive, helps reduce pain naturally, keeps those coffee jitters away, and so much more. I started drinking it because I had degenerative arthritis, and I would prefer to drink coffee that has natural ingredients in it for healing, and this coffee treats the inflammatory process that happens from having degenerative arthritis. That was Robin. She's been drinking Strava Craft coffee every day for months now, and she is so happy with the results. I would recommend it to America, to everyone, because it is a fantastic product. It delivers, it does what it says it's going to do, and it's amazing. Put your body back in balance with Strava Craft Coffee and see how good you feel. Order online today and use promo code BSN2018 for 20% off. That's BSN2018. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> A special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? We was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to... The BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented, of course, today by Total Beverage. Right now, Total Beverage has an exclusive deal for only BSN listeners. You guys can get $10 off a $50 purchase or more on the Total Beverage website and app by using the promo code BSN10. So again, if you go to the Total Beverage website, you download their app and plug in that promo code BSN10, BSN10. You guys are going to save $10 off a $50 order for all your favorite liquor, wine, beer, spirits, and better yet, you can have it delivered right to your door because Total Beverage now delivers to anywhere from Wheat Ridge to Erie. So make sure to check out Total Beverage for all your adult beverages this week and this weekend. Tuesday edition of the show, Harrison Wind here. Of course, this will be a solo edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Today, 
I'm going to go over the three storylines I'll be watching closely during this upcoming three-game homestand. A really important three-game stretch for Denver after the Nuggets have dropped four out of these last five, but after all of that, they're still right there in the race for the top seed in the Western Conference, and I do think the Nuggets still have a chance at that. I'm not quite sure how badly the Warriors want that, no matter what they're going to say publicly. I still think privately they'd rather rest their guys, and I'm not quite sure they're too worried about potentially facing Denver in a playoff series down the line anyway. They might be fine with the Nuggets grabbing home court advantage. So I think that's still in play, but it's going to be really important for Denver to get some wins banked here over this three-game homestand with a tough close to the season over their last 14 games or so after these three matchups are completed. Denver hosts Minnesota on Tuesday, national TV. Sorry for you guys at home. I did see that's a players-only broadcast. Again, my apologies. Then they welcome in the Mavericks to Pepsi Center and finally the Pacers, which uh, is shaping up as Denver's toughest opponent over this three-game stretch. And of course, we'll more than have you covered at bsndenver.com for all your news, analysis, takes over this week of games. So make sure to tune into bsndenver.com where you can catch all of our writing. So without further ado, I'll get into the first storyline I'm watching here over this three-game homestand. And I've got some good stats I'll throw out with these. I've got some audio from practice on Monday. And before I go any further, an eventful Monday practice, I thought... Michael Malone had some very pointed and direct uh, responses to questions about how this team has played over these last five games where they've uh, lost four of them. He was not happy. <laughs> he, he definitely still had the same vibe uh, that he had in Golden State after the Nuggets dropped that last game of that three-game road trip. He was not a happy camper at practice today. And, and like I said, some very direct responses to, to some questions, but also some really candid thoughts about how the Nuggets plan to get through this thing, what he called an open and honest film session on Monday morning where he played 13 clips that he identified as poor offense, bad shot selection, bad turnovers, selfish play uh, from his team. Uh, so it was kind of an airing of grievances, I would call it. And I broke all that down and also what Paul Millsap had to say about that film session and just about this team's state of mind right now heading into this three-game homestand. And I would recommend you log on to bsndenver.com and check out that article I wrote following practice on Monday because it has some very revealing, very insightful comments from both Michael Malone and Paul Millsap, some of which I will play here momentarily. But first, the first storyline I'm watching here over this three-game homestand, can the Nuggets bench unit replicate its performance against Golden State. Essentially, is what we saw against the Warriors with how that second unit battled back from that deep first quarter hole that the Nuggets starters dug for them, was that for real? Was that a legitimate performance that we will see show up again here sometime over these next three games? And for the Nuggets' sake, hopefully, in each of these three games. If you didn't listen to Monday's show. Uh, we broke it down a little there, but just again, the lineup, the second unit lineup that did the most damage was a five-man group consisting of Isaiah Thomas, 
Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Torrey Craig, and Mason Plumley. That group played 14 minutes against Golden State. That was as many minutes as the Nuggets starters. They shot 12 of 23 from the field, 5 of 10 from 3, got to the line a lot, shot 9 of 11 free throws, and outscored the Warriors when they were on the court for those 14 minutes, 38 to 28. They were a plus 10 in those 14 minutes. Really impressive marks from that unit. And if you look at what that five-man lineup has done over the course of this season, it's Denver's second most used bench lineup with Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Over five games, that lineup has logged 20 minutes. Over four games, the lineup featuring Isaiah Thomas, Monte Morris, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, and Mason Plumlee. If you remember, really that first bench lineup that Michael Malone was going to a lot here before he kind of adjusted things and reconfigured his bench. That lineup logged 21 minutes so far this season. So this lineup has logged 20. The stats, they look pretty good with this lineup. In 20 minutes, a 115.2 offensive rating, an 83.3 defensive rating, and a 31.9 net rating. Only 20 minutes, though. And like I just said, 14 of those, a large majority of those did come against the Warriors. So I'm going to hold up on calling this bench lineup something that's going to surely work for the Nuggets going forward. But, I mean, the proof is in these 20 minutes. They've had a couple good outings together here and there over five games. And really, the biggest chunk of those minutes and quality basketball came against the Warriors. What did that lineup do well that led to them posting pretty good numbers? Well, I think it's pretty simple. And it's something we've been talking about on this podcast for the last couple of weeks. They moved the ball more than they had in these last couple of games in really the four previous games mainly and even going back a couple games. The bench unit played that equal opportunity, read and react, democratic brand of basketball that has been a staple of the Nuggets for the past few years. I thought Isaiah Thomas played within the ebbs and flows of the Nuggets offense. He had some poor plays. He had some turnovers, of course, but I think for the most part, it was one of his better games in a Nuggets uniform in these nine games he's played now. Most of all, the biggest reason why I feel like that lineup had some success is because they got the ball back into Monte Morris's hands in Golden State. And that has been a criticism that most people have had of this Nuggets bench unit. They had operated so well with Monte Morris as the lead ball handler all season. This has been one of the better benches in the league. I think Monte Morris, if sixth man of the year was really judged off of total value added, he would be a contender for that award, but unfortunately it's not. It's judged off of pretty much just points per game, so he's not going to have the stats for that. But the Nuggets got the ball back in his hands in Golden State. They let him run the offense more. Isaiah Thomas found him on a couple nice feeds, I thought. I remember the skip pass he had to him in the corner specifically. But just overall, Monte was running the show. And, I mean, that really helped the Nuggets out. If you look at just his touches per game here, Monte Morris was averaging 34 touches per game in the seven games prior to the Golden State loss, pretty much since Isaiah Thomas entered the lineup. He had 68 touches, according to NBA.com, against the Warriors. So, in Golden State, Monte Morris had double the amount of touches that he had been averaging in Denver's previous seven games. That's a pretty telling stat, and I think the eye test backed that up. Monte Morris seemed to be commanding that bench unit more. He seemed to be more comfortable out there, 
And I felt like everybody played pretty well off of that. It was the most cohesion, the most together I felt like that second unit has played in some time. Will it carry over into this three-game homestand? I think that remains to be seen. I think it has some potential to work, but obviously it's going to be a process. But the fact that that group put together that second quarter that they did, I think that can bode well for their confidence. And the fact that they did it with the ball in Monte Morris's hands, I think that could lead to a similar style of play unfolding with that bench unit over this upcoming week. A mini storyline that kind of goes into this one, which I didn't want to have this as a separate storyline because I think it's really just related to the bench. Will Trey Lyles re-enter the rotation and get consistent minutes after he returns from this injury? He's not going to play Tuesday. At least that's what Michael Malone made it sound like at Monday's practice. Will he get back into the rotation over these final two games of the homestand if he does return against Dallas later in the week? I think that remains to be seen. If this bench unit keeps playing really well together, if the Isaiah Thomas, Monte Morris, Bleak Beasley, Torrey Craig, Mason Plumlee unit continues to show well, if they have more performances like they had against Golden State, I'm not sure if he re-enters the rotation because then you're trying to play 11 guys and that just doesn't really seem feasible. If this bench unit falters over these next couple of games, I think you could see Trey Lyles re-enter the rotation later this week if he does become available to play. He's had a few weeks away from the court now. Maybe that has kind of been a nice reset for Trey Lyles, who has had a real season to forget, a real disappointing year. Any way you look at it for him, and maybe this is kind of a new start from him. Guys have benefited from sitting out, from watching the game from afar before. Maybe that's the case of Trey Lyles, and he can come back, rediscover his shot, and give the Nuggets bench a little bit of an offensive boost because that's really where this bench unit has struggled the most so far over these last two or three weeks. It's been on the offensive end of the floor. They just haven't been able to score. And Trey Lyles has scored efficiently before in his career. He hasn't done it this season, but maybe a few weeks away from the court will do him well in that regard. So I'll also be watching that if Trey Lyles will re-enter the rotation once he's healthy and potentially ready to play, possibly Thursday against the Mavs, maybe later next weekend against the Pacers. Let's hit a break real quick. I've got two more storylines that I want to get to. Also some audio from Monday's practice that you're definitely going to want to stick around and hear. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily. House-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a 
full PA system ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at moesdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Moe's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Moe's to someone because we can to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Hey, if you guys have a question for the show, hit up the Total Beverage fan hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. Love hearing your questions about the Nuggets, takes about the NBA and this team here. Call us up. If you've never called in before, all it is is an answering machine. So leave your name, leave where you're calling from, leave a question for the show. We'll play it when we record next, most likely after this Timberwolves game on Tuesday night. So remember, the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. The second storyline I'll be watching closely over this three-game homestand. Will the Nuggets offense get back on track? It's been a role reversal of sorts between the Nuggets offense and defense after the All-Star break here. Denver's 4-4 four and four since the All-Star break. And in their last eight games, the Nuggets are the 19th best offense in the league. Yeah, they're 19th overall in offensive rating since the All-Star break. Their defense has been great. Third overall in defensive efficiency over their last eight games. But we know if the Nuggets want to reach their ceiling this season, yeah, they've got to play really well defensively. They've got to be a top 10 defense. They've got to be really dangerous offensively, though. That's been their identity. That's who the Denver Nuggets are. They play Jokic ball. They played a beautiful game on the offensive end of the floor. That hasn't really been the case over the last eight games. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast recently. The ball hasn't been moving at the rate it did over the first two-thirds of the season. There's been a lot of one-pass or even zero-pass possessions. Michael Malone has thrown the word selfish out there a couple of times over the last two weeks when describing first his bench unit's offense, the second unit's offense, and most recently how the starters have played on that end of the floor. That is a word that you would have never thought Denver's coach or anybody on the Nuggets roster would use to characterize the Nuggets offensive attack this year. They've been the most unselfish team or one of the most unselfish teams I can ever remember watching. You know, they love to get each other involved. This team really has evolved off of a quote Nikola Jokic had a couple years ago when he said he'd rather make an assist than score a basket because, and this is what he said and how he put it, scoring makes one person happy An assist makes two people happy. And Denver's kind of fallen in line behind that philosophy. And I've got two stats here that kind of show that Denver has gotten away from that a little bit over the last couple of weeks here. First off, Michael Malone came in hot with this stat at Monday's practice. Denver had 30 zero-pass or one-pass possessions against Golden State. 30 times Denver brought the ball down on the offensive end and fired up a shot before they had even completed a pass or after only completing one pass. That is a staggering number for a team that we've seen have so many of those Spursy possessions where they make eight, nine, ten passes before 
really finding a great look. So here's two stats that kind of demonstrate how Denver's gotten away from that a little bit. The first one comes via something Chris Dempsey tweeted out. And I want to give credit to Chris on this. I've been thinking about it, but he fired off this tweet this afternoon. The Nuggets are averaging 3.7 secondary assists per game. That's the second most in the league behind only the Golden State Warriors who are averaging 3.8. What is a secondary assist? It's the pass that leads to the pass that gets recorded as the assist. So it's baskets that come you know, via a minimum of two passes that come quickly enough to both be judged as assists. So on the season, Denver is second in that statistic. But over the recent months, that number has dropped. In December, Denver averaged 4.2 secondary assists per game. In January, 4.3 secondary assists per game. In February, that number began to drop a little bit. 3.8 secondary assists per game. And in March, this is almost difficult to believe, and I hope NBA.com has this correct. The Nuggets are averaging one secondary assist per game over their four games played in March, three of which have been losses. That Lakers win is the only one Denver has this month. So I think that illustrates how many just one pass and also how many zero pass possessions Denver has had here over their last couple of games. Also, here's a stat that appears in my write-up from Monday's practice. The Nuggets passes per game are down a lot here. Prior to the All-Star break, the Nuggets were averaging 312 passes per game. That was the seventh highest mark in the league. Since the All-Star break, Denver is completing just 266 passes per game. That's one of the fewest marks in the league. And if you just look at total passes and you don't look at that statistic on a per-game basis, Nuggets have made the second fewest total passes in the league over their last eight games. That's mind-boggling when looking at how unselfish and how pass-happy this team has been all season. So there's definitely been a shift, a bit away from the free-flowing, unselfish nature that this team has played with all season long to an offense that has consisted of a lot of one-pass and zero-pass possessions lately. And we saw that a lot, especially in Golden State. I asked Paul Millsap directly if he's noticed a shift here over these past couple games. Here's what he had to say. Have you sensed at all that you guys have gotten away from maybe the, the free-flowing style that was a staple of this team earlier this season at all in the past couple games? Because Coach just was up here saying that, you know, maybe it just hasn't been the same over these last stretch or so. Yeah, it hasn't been the same, especially in the offensive end. You know, when the ball's not moving, the ball has no energy. When the ball has no energy, the team hasn't. And our team hasn't had energy, you know, for the past few weeks. So. Offense has been our staple for years. And just got to get back to doing what we do. So I love that answer from Paul Millsap, and he's spot on. And look, he's not been the only one that said this. Monte Morris has said this recently. Will Barton has said this after a recent loss. Everybody's on the same page here. They need to get back to that free-flowing style. And I love what Millsap had to say there, that when the ball has no energy, they have no energy. And that's really what they feed off of. And he's spot on. So we'll see if Denver can get back to that, get their offense back on track here against Minnesota and later on this week. Let me go ahead and take one more break. When we come back, I'll get to my third and final storyline I'll be watching here over these next three games. It involves Nicole Jokic. I think you guys will want to stick around and hear it. I'll also play some more audio from 
Monday's practice from Michael Malone. We'll be right back. When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area. If I was a customer looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency hands down is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you. That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a one time a year follow up that he will sit back and review your file with you. Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible. He's a great person not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well. If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage, Harrison Wintier, Tuesday edition of the program, solo show today. Christian Clark will possibly be back on Wednesday's show. We'll see. Moving on with this conversation here, my third and final storyline that I'll be watching over this upcoming three-game homestand, will the ball go through Nikola Jokic more on the offensive end of the floor? Over the past couple games, I don't think Nikola Jokic has played poorly by any means. He had a solid night, I thought, against the Lakers when the Nuggets starters really just dominated L.A. He had 12 points, 17 rebounds, 8 assists in 35 minutes. Just played a really efficient offensive game, obviously. Went 6 of 8 from the line, only made 3 field goals, but really dominated the game by only taking 5 shots. And against the Warriors, I felt like he struggled at times. Finished with 16 points on 5 of 10 shooting, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. He only played 29 minutes. Of course, Denver's starters played as much as their bench did uh, against the Warriors because that second unit really had it going. But Michael Malone had some comments today at practice that got me thinking because he was asked about Nikola Jokic's night against the Lakers. And so I went and looked at the numbers, and sure enough, Nikola Jokic's touches are down here since the All-Star break. And I'm using that line as kind of a line in the sand because the Nuggets are 4-4 four and four since the break, and it seems like there's been some shifts on the offensive end of the floor like I just laid out. Prior to the All-Star break, Nikola Jokic was averaging around 94 touches per game. Since... The all-star break over his last eight games, he's down to around 80 touches per game. So that's a big drop-off. That's 14 touches per game. And it's not just about scoring because we know Nikola Jokic impacts the game well beyond the points column in the box score. Granted, he hasn't had one of those big 35, 30-point games in recent memory. I'm curious to see if he gets one over this three-game homestand based on the two centers he's going up against in these first two games before he goes up against Miles Turner, who's a defensive player of the year candidate. If he's going up against Towns, if he plays, uh, Towns is questionable as of this recording for Tuesday night's matchup. Uh, Whoever Dallas throws out there, Jokic should be able to dominate those guys. So I'll be curious to see if he goes for like a 35-point game here over these next couple. But more importantly, if just the ball goes through him more. Because we know that when the ball goes through Nikola Jokic, good things are going to happen. 
Nuggets are going to get a ton of kickout threes. Uh, the Nuggets are just going to get good offense. When the ball goes through Jokic in the post, in the high post, at the elbow, or at the top of the key, the Nuggets are probably going to get a good shot out of that. His touches are down. So the usual amount of offensive looks that the Nuggets have been getting through Jokic all season, those are down as well. So I'll be curious to see if his touches go up here over the next three games. And I think that will lead to a healthier Nuggets offense, a more productive Nuggets offense, more so the Nuggets offense that we have really seen for most of the season before this last stretch of games. I did mention that Michael Malone was asked about Jokic's game against the Lakers and how involved he was on the offensive end of the floor. Here's what he had to say in response to that question. Is he looking that your time state game, Jokic is taking out of the way he likes to play a little bit? At least to me, are there lessons to be learned here for the rest of the team and how they respond when Jokic is maybe struggling? We'll give him the ball. You know, we got to give him the ball more. Some of the shots that we take are awful shots. You know, I, I, I think in that game, I think I have it down here. We had 30 possessions where we had either zero passes or one pass shot. And they were bad shots. So, like, if you want to help McCall out, give him the ball. Something good happens when he touches it. Uh, DeMarcus is uh, physical with him. Gobert and Utah, very good defensive team. Favors. Um, but when Nicola touches it, good things happen because he's going to score. He's going to find the open man. He's going to draw a foul or a double team, and good things happen. I trust him with the ball, and uh, so get you know, let's get away from those four dribble down, don't pass the ball, don't move the defense, take a quick shot. Now we're exposed in transition. Now we're playing uphill the rest of the way. So the greatest thing that I've taken from lately is that we've got to get the ball up. So a long-winded answer there from Michael Moni covered a lot of subjects, mainly though focusing on the fact that. Hey, the Nuggets get great offense when the ball goes through Nikola Jokic. I'm sure he's conscious and knows that his numbers in terms of his touches per game are down here as of late. They need to get the ball back in his hands more, and that's a responsibility that probably falls on everybody. It falls on Nuggets' lead guards and playmakers to get him the ball. It falls on Jokic for demanding the ball in the post. It falls on Michael Malone, the coaching staff, for putting him in positions to succeed in calling plays for him. So... I will be interested to see if he is more of a focal point on the offensive end of the floor over these next three games. Those three storylines I laid out, if the Nuggets bench unit has a productive couple of games, if they show that what they did in Golden State wasn't a fluke, if the Nuggets offense returns to its pre-All-Star break form, if Nicole Jokic becomes more of a focal point over these next three games than he's been over the Nuggets' last eight matchups. I think the Nuggets will have a very successful homestand. Those are three key components that will go a long way towards Denver either sweeping this homestand, which I think there's a good chance they do. Remember, even though the Nuggets have dropped two straight at home, they still have one of the best home records in the league. They're 27-6. and six. They've only lost six times at Pepsi Center all season long. And the Timberwolves, with or without Carl Anthony Towns, that's a game the Nuggets should win. The Mavericks, who are tanking hard right now, the Mavericks really want a top pick and want to give themselves every chance they can get to have one. They've lost five in a row. They're 1-9 in their last 10. And then the Pacers are a really good team. They've had a great year. Nate McMillan has done a really good job with that group after Victor Oladipo went down. 
That's still a game I think Denver should win at home, but that's undoubtedly going to be their toughest game of this three-game road trip. Again, if the Nuggets come out on the right side of these three storylines, if the bench unit has some more positive performances like it did against Golden State, if the Nuggets offense gets back on track and returns to their pre-All-Star break form, if the ball is going through Nicole Jokic more on the offensive end of the floor and his touches go up over these next three games, I think the Nuggets have a great chance to sweep. So that's what I'll be watching for over this three-game homestand that begins Tuesday night against Minnesota. I hope this is a good lead-in for this matchup with the Timberwolves again. Carl Towns, questionable as I'm recording this here on Monday night. We'll see what his status is Tuesday morning, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's questionable up until game time. And with that, I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Until then. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.